There are over 4,000 recognized religions in the world, and yet there truly can only be one right religion due to the hundreds of contradictions that even two religions would face. Some cultures or religious groups are even willing to put those who hold to the Christian religion to death. Uh-oh, let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, bringing to you the story of a man who went to a missionary school in India and yet hated Christians, Christianity, and God. We'll get into that and more on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. Part one of the true story of Sundar Singh. Too close. This ledge is too narrow. If the wind catches us, we'll never survive the fall. It's the only way around the mountain. All right. Then we must keep going. Without stopping, or the exposure will kill us. Look, Tamcho. Down there. Where? Over there. See that mound? Oh, yes. I see the mound of... Wait! That's a man! Terrible way to die. I wonder how long he's been down there. Sunda, he's not dead yet. Of course he is. No, he moved. He's alive. But not for long. Then we must go to him. What? No, Sunda. He fell from this ridge. He must be badly injured. Then we shall take him to the village with us. No, Sunda. You don't understand exposure. If we take time to help him in this blizzard... We will all be dead! But he needs us, Damcho. If you want to go, then go! But I am continuing to the village! You want help? That man is as good as dead! Leave him to his fate! Hand over hand, I made my way down the rock face, willing my numb toes to grip the crevices in the rock. It was treacherous, but I prayed the entire time. Kneeling beside the injured man, I found he was barely breathing, but none of his bones appeared broken. I heaved the man onto my back, tied my blanket around both of us, then inched my way back up the side of the ravine. Each step a reminder of how many more miles I had left to go, and the daylight was fading. The snow. You're bleeding. I have bled before, but there is no stopping now. Oh. Look, a man. Yes, my friend Damcho. Hello, friend, we made it. I can't believe it. I never thought we would catch up with you so soon, Damcho. Damcho? Damcho, can you hear? Oh, no. Frozen solid. With his hand covering his face. We keep going. I see the tops of the huts. As I sat in front of a yak-dong fire, sipping hot tea, it dawned on me how easily I could have frozen to death too. 
what saved me from such a fate was the injured man I carried on my back. The contact had produced enough strain and heat to stave off the savage cold and keep us both alive. I could only imagine how many more life-threatening trials that laid ahead in Tibet. But I had a sense of resolve ever since being a small boy growing up in a Sikh village of Rampur in northern India, I had known God's hand was upon me. The man in our story would be forced to choose between his beloved family and his newfound faith. Based on YWAM Publishing's Christian Heroes Then and Now series by Janet and Jeff Benj, we bring you the true story of Sundar Singh, right now on Unshackled. I am going with Motor. Who says? She has to take him to the holy man today. Motor wants me to repeat the Bhagavad Gita to him. And you know it? Huh? I have it all memorized. You know too much religion will make a little head like yours pop. And what good would it be to help you become a banker or a lawyer? Hmm. You boys, enough! Each of you has his own path to walk. And Sundar has his. Apparently he doesn't mind detours. Only God can tell what he is preparing Sundar for. Do you forget we are a Sikh family? God speaks in many ways and through many paths. That is why it is important to understand the good in all religions. So that's why you're taking him to Sadhu to recite Hindu scriptures? Yes. And I wish you boys would come too. No, we leave it to the women. And children. Ha ha. Ha. Says my 11-year-old. Fine. Just don't expect us home soon after Sadhu. We are stopping by to see my friends at the Christian Missionary. Given the way my mother felt about religions, it was no surprise when she insisted on me enrolling in the American Presbyterian Mission School not far from our home. It was 1896 and most boys in Rampur were forbidden to attend and wouldn't have wanted to. You see, Sikhs were taught to despise Christians who believed that God had come down to take the form of a man. But it didn't stop my mother. I was glad to be there. I enjoyed it, and I thought I always would, which was an ignorant assumption. Sundar, would you please stay for a minute? Sundar, I'm concerned about you. Why? Well, I, I know your mother passed recently, and I... I don't want to speak of it. But you're not turning in your work or paying attention, and I'm afraid... You are not my parent, so it is not your place to concern yourself. Well, I just wanted to share something with you from the Bible. I don't want to listen. There's a psalm that says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. And you think that's what God's going to do, huh? I believe he can. Then you are stupider than you look. Sundar! But if that brings you some kind of comfort, then recite it all you wish. I thought it might bring you comfort. It doesn't. And now I must be going. Father will be expecting me. In my young mind at the time, 
I had had it with the Christian missionaries and all their do-gooding. I didn't even know if my mother would have been in their heaven. Mother had taught me about the Hindu belief in reincarnation and how each soul is destined to pass through an almost endless cycle of death and rebirth until it finally attains the merit needed to once and for all pass from this world. I had believed her, but now with her gone found no comfort in thinking she may be someone else I may not recognize. I had no way of knowing which belief was right, but I wanted the Christians to back off and had a plan to make it happen. Father, I need to speak with you. Hold this. Make yourself useful. What are you doing? What does it look like I'm doing? Fixing the roof. At night? Yes. It will rain any time. Care to sleep in a puddle? Oh. Um, it's about school. Uh, that was more of your mother's area. I want to quit. What? I'm 14, and I decided I want these silly Christian ideas out of my mind. It is not our way. So you'll be done with school? No, I'd finish at the public school. But son, that's three miles away. You'd have to work. Six miles a day, I know, and I will. Well, you're almost a man. If that's what you choose and would like to do, then all right. You let the school know? I will. I did everything I could to purge the Christian teaching from my mind, which I found more difficult to do than I had anticipated. So, I decided further action was in order. Stay down, they're coming. Remember, we attack on three. Are you sure we should be doing this? What, are you scared? Of my father? Yes. Quiet. That's him. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, here he comes. One, two. Get him! Yeah! Get him! Yeah! Don't let them get away. Get I'm him! Get you. Back here, Chrysler. We'll purge this land of every last one of you Christians if it's the last thing I do. I didn't know when I yelled how close that statement was to being true. I hadn't understood why it had become harder to walk the six miles to school until I couldn't get up and my body shook with fever and chills. Malaria hadn't cared at all about my plans, wrecking more than I could have imagined. <sighs> Sundar, <sighs> you can't continue like this. I must. Walking so far every day is too much. You're not giving your body a chance to heal. I'll be all right. I asked the missionaries today if you could return to their school. Father, you didn't. I did. Their school is a manageable distance. But I don't want to be with the Christians or hear any more about their God. You need to be in school, Sundar. And it is a school. But I cannot bear to hear any more about their God. Ignore their religious sayings. You need a school close by. Father, I cannot go back there. Sure you can. The Reverend said you'd be welcome back if you'd agree to treat the kids kindly and show respect to your teachers. But you don't understand, Father. I wasn't good to them. They're gonna hate me. 
Forgiveness is a big deal to them, so you'll find out how deep it runs. Once there, I didn't have the energy to heckle the teachers or students. I couldn't shake the gloom that clouded around me. As days wore on, this gloom grew into feelings of suicide. A deep sadness and anger set in. However, my anger was no longer directed at the teachers, but this Christian god. Mr. Phillips, I'd like to purchase a Bible. You would? I've heard you have extras available. Uh, I do. It's just... Uh, uh, I'm excited you're interested, is all. Well, it must be due to your excellent teaching, sir. Well, I just do the best I can. So you'll let me purchase one? I'll do better than that. Got one for you right here. It's a gift. Oh, thanks. I greatly appreciate it. From the smile on Mr. Phillips' face, it was obvious he had high hopes that the Bible was going to change more than just my poor attitude and uh, gloomy disposition. I held no such intent, which I revealed to my classmates on the playground. What are you doing, Sundar? I'm going to show you something. Hey, everyone! Come here, look! Look what Sundar's doing! Where did you get the matches? Hey, what's he doing? Whoa! Are you going to roast something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do something you all should be doing. Uh, I'm not sure this is a good idea. We're going to get caught. Sundar! What is that? A book. Hey, maybe it's Sundar's math book. <laughs> Did you fail the test? <laughs> it's not a math book. It's the Bible. Folks, we'll get back to Sundar's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks, you mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to part one of the true story of Sundar Singh. I felt elated watching those pages curl and burn as the flames devoured them. It gave me a sense of control that I sometimes seem to have lost with the death of my mother and the onset of my malaria. Only when it was over, a surge of remorse pulsed through me. 
I could picture my mother's face and how disappointed she would have been. The only thing stronger than my remorse was my need to know if God was real. That's really what was beneath all the sadness and acting out. My act of burning the Bible was a cry for clarity, a plead for proof that this Christian God existed and possibly even cared about me. That's when I took a drastic step. God, if you are there, reveal yourself to me tonight. If you do not, I will kill myself in the morning. I cannot live another day with all these questions, with all this pain. I mean it. At five o'clock, the train to Lahore will roll past Rampur, and if I don't receive an answer by then, I'll lie on the railway tracks and let it roll over me. It's better to be dead than to continue on in this meaningless life. The hours quietly passed from one to the next without any indication God had heard me. At 4.30 a.m., I began to plan how I should lay down on the tracks. Then suddenly... Where's that light coming from? My, my curtains are closed. Oh, what is... I, I, I can't see it so bright. Oh, are you Krishna? Or Buddha? Or... Jesus? How long will you persecute me? I have come to save you. Oh, oh Lord. You pray to know the right way. Why do you not receive it? I am the way. Forgive me, my Lord. Please pardon doubt and disbelief. I did not believe you are real. I'm sorry. I do know the way. You are the way. Help. Help me walk in your ways, and I, I will be your servant. Jesus? Oh, you did it! Jesus, you spared me! <laughs> I must go. I must tell someone that Jesus Christ is alive and is the true Son of God. Father! Father, wake up! I have something to tell you, Father. What? What is it? Father, it's wonderful news. I have seen Jesus the Christ. He came to me in my room and spoke in Hindustani. What are you talking about? Jesus is real. Three days ago, you burnt that Christian book. And now you're telling me you believe what it says? Yes. Are you right in the head? Father... Go back to bed, Sundar. In the morning, you realize how foolish you are being. It's just a dream. You must not make yourself overexcited with such imaginings. Life suddenly made sense, and I understood why the missionaries came halfway across the world to tell the people of India about their God. I wanted nothing more than to do the same with my life. However, my father and brothers did not appreciate my newfound Christian faith. They tried to sway me with words, then with threats, then when I still wouldn't renounce Christ. They took more severe actions. Best meal we've had all week. I was going to say the same. Only we had to share it with this disappointment. I wish you'd stop calling me that. Oh, you know it is true. Why are you still here again? Father bid me from the Christian boarding school, so I obeyed and came. 
Yes, boys, I did. Surely, father, you cannot still consider him a son and allow him to share in our inheritance. He's a fanatic about this whole Christian mission thing. It's embarrassing. You'll know, Sundar. We are a proud family of Sikhs. You have to let these wild imaginations go. Father, I will do anything you ask of me, but that is the one thing I cannot do. We can't have this, Sundar! I do not wish to dishonor you. But you are! In the name of the whole family, I declare you are no more worthy to be called your son. We shall have nothing to do with you. We shall forget you as if you have never been born. You will leave this house with nothing but a clothes on your back and never return. But father... Go! I was 15 when I walked out of my father's house, officially disowned. Without a place to sleep and no friends or family to take me in, I came to the edge of the forest and I made a bed from leaves. The next morning, I counted out enough money for a one-way train ticket to Ludiana, where I had attended boarding school. As I made my way to the station, I hardly noticed anyone. My stomach was in knots, and I was growing weak. On the train, I started throwing up blood, and that's when the sad realization hit me. My family had poisoned me before sending me away. The same way we had heard of others being done away with after dishonoring their families. I knew one thing, I'd never make it to Ludiana. I stumbled off the train at the next station and searched out the mission of a reverend I knew of. I collapsed in his arms. There's nothing I can do. The boy won't survive the night. Well, there's got to be some sort of antidote. Nothing that I know. And besides, the poison has been in his system for hours. There's no reversing it. It's a terrible way to die. It certainly is. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming. I'll be back in the morning, and we can make funeral arrangements then. Yes. Yes, all right. They tried to be quiet, but I overheard every single word the doctor said. However, new resolve swept over me. I wasn't going to die. God had work he wanted me to do. I prayed with all my heart for God's healing. So when the doctor arrived to take my body the next morning, he discovered me sitting on the veranda in the sun. I don't believe it. I went on to boarding school, and when my family heard I survived, they stormed the gates of the school, demanding I be returned to them. Of all places, I was secreted away to the American Presbyterian Missions Leprosy Hospital. There, I discovered a calling that I hadn't heard of previously. I'm glad you're willing to help out, Sundar. And I'm happy to find some peace at last. You're good with the patients. Thanks. I think they enjoy listening to me read. And they enjoy learning about Jesus. Not as much as I enjoy sharing about him. Have you ever thought of becoming a missionary? Oh, I don't know. The Indian missionaries I've seen imitate English and American culture down to the foods they eat. Well, you could be different. I'd like to see Indians take Christianity into their civilization. 
keep the foundation and beliefs of Christianity, but not lose certain aspects of the culture. I see. You mean something that resonates with their own heritage? Exactly. The more I thought about it, the more I realized how much I wanted to connect with those around me in a way they would understand. It was then, when I was all of 16, that I decided I would become somewhat of a sadhu, a holy man, like the one my mother had taken me to see so often as a child. However, unlike the Hindu sadhus I'd known, I would tell the story of Jesus Christ and urged the people to seek him as the bearer of all truth. I bought a saffron cotton robe and a turban and felt God was directing me over the Himalaya mountains into Tibet, which seemed almost like a death sentence. Oh, hello. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought this hut was deserted. It is. I only stop here for the night sometimes when I'm passing by. Ah, well then, please join me and warm up from the cold. This is much better. The wind is brutal tonight. I am Banu. Oh, you are wearing a sadhu's robe. I am. Why do you come this way, holy man? To tell your village the story of Jesus. Who do you think will listen? Those who have ears to hear. Christians are not allowed in Tibet. Yes, I've heard they're often arrested and tried for teaching foreign religion. The Buddhist faith forbids taking a life, Sadhu. So the Tibetans have found clever ways around it. I've heard some disturbing ones. I've seen a man taken out, stripped down, and sewn into a wet yak skin and left in the sun to dry. And then compressed for four days until he died. That's horrible. There have been some terrible things Buddhist lamas have swayed people to do. So, Sadhu, I ask again, why do you make such a journey? Because I am not afraid. I've passed through perilous nights been thrown out of towns, heard plots to kill me, forged racing icy rivers, and tried to decide who is more vicious, the villagers or open land with its dangerous wild animals. But the things they can do... I fear God, not man. I never expected a warm welcome, but when I saw the interest of the villagers sparked, it encouraged me to press on another month, another year. One afternoon, when I was preaching to the crowd, they seemed really receptive, but then suddenly the atmosphere changed and people started walking away and hurling insults at me. And then I saw him, the region's Grand Lama. Silence! It is against the law to teach a foreign religion in Tibet. You have been caught in the very act of doing that. Do you have anything to say for yourself? I... I was only... sharing. I... I come in peace. Peace? Very well. Your punishment is death. <laughs> As I was led away, 
I couldn't help but wonder my fate. Tibetans gravitated toward killing people slowly, and I could already picture myself being sewn into a wet yak skin. Is this what God had led me to? Stay tuned for part two of Sundar Singh's story to learn his fate. Listening friend, it took tremendous courage for Sundar to let go of everything that felt safe and trust in God's promise of an abundant life through Jesus Christ. Though the world around us may seem to be filled with hardship, you can have courage and peace of mind when you trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 promise that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you need help making this crucial decision, we encourage you to get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled In Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the prize for this sweepstakes contest is another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. And it's John 1.29, which proclaims, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That's wonderful, isn't it? Well, this plaque is gorgeous, especially if you're looking for daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic and very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch. Sawn? Is that a word? Well, it is now. Or log and cut into such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. And the bark around this one, well, it's gorgeous. This plaque has been handcrafted around the, the natural character and beauty of the wood that God created. Now, if you'd like a peek at this scripture plaque, just visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page for a picture. Unfortunately, we're only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. Your name, phone number, and email. 
The winner of the sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced June 27th, but the deadline for entry is June 11th. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time, Sundar Singh escaped death, but experiencing relief would have to wait as he continued to live in harm's way for sharing his faith. No more preaching for you. Wait, please, I... Never should have come here, fool. Sundar discovered his passion for sharing God's word. I've never seen feet so swollen from the cold. Why would you make such a trek, Sadhu? To share the story of Jesus with your village. And set his eye on the country that was across the treacherous Himalayas, Tibet. It is against the law to teach a foreign religion in Tibet. Your punishment is death. Find out how this man's convictions affected his life and helped change the world. Freely I have received and freely I share. The Lord has been so good to me. Praise Jesus. Don't miss part two of the true story of Sundar Singh, coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Sundar Singh part one were Kurt Nabig, Mark Forrest, Demetrius Troy, Brian Plaharchik, Lisa Keefe, and Jim McCants. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>